Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the Fantastic Two. That is myself and my co-host, my partner in crime, my PIC. That would be partner in crime for everybody that doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man, Front Row Kenny. How you doing, baby? Yo, what's going on, man? What is happening, good people? I hope everyone is doing yes, well. happy Monday. Yeah, man. Happy Monday to everybody. Well, you guys will probably hear this on Tuesday. Happy Monday. I hope y'all Monday was well. And in advance, I hope your Tuesday is well. Yeah, there you go. I hope <laughs> the Tuesday was well, too. And I just want to apologize to all the All Turns No Break fans. This is my fault that we're uh, recording this on a Monday because we definitely were going to try to record on Sunday. But because I was driving back from Vegas and I got caught up in a just one horrible traffic jam... <laughs> I lost I lost a few hours trying to get back home, so we had to uh, we had to postpone and do this on a Monday. So I certainly apologize to each and every one of you. But nevertheless, we are here. And while I'm already talking about it, yes, I was in Vegas this past weekend. It was great to be back on stage at a comedy club in in Vegas. And all three of those put together just uh, was just uh, made for a fantastic night. It was absolutely one of the better nights that I had in Vegas in a while. But Kenny, I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't get to good. I don't get to get up on stage much anymore now, you know, because I'm so focused, you know, being working in the hospital right now. But I'm telling you, man, it, it's like riding a bike. You know, you get a little rusty. But once you get through that first joke. It's smooth sailing from there. Yeah, nah, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I've always thought about, like, comedians and when they do stand-up. Like, I know that stuff has got to be difficult. But if you can do it, I'm sure it is fun as can be. And the crowd's having a good time. Everyone's having a good time. The jokes are hitting. The drinks are hitting. And all, all the <laughs> above. It all, it, it, it all makes it easier when the drinks are hitting. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. The last time I went to a comedy show, I'm telling you, it was probably the drinks that hit a little bit more and definitely made everything funnier, but the comedian was good. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Shout out to all the comedians out there. Obviously, shout out to Renee for doing his thing. But yeah, man, that is something I don't know if I could ever do, but I I might make y'all laugh on this pie, but that's it. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. I didn't get slapped. Nobody ran up on stage and slapped me and uh, nobody tried to run up on stage and slap me. So that was that was a, a huge win for me in general. Man, um, well, speaking of that, in that sense, my weekend obviously does not hold a candle to yours at this point in time. But I tell you what, though, we had short track racing this past weekend at Martinsville. Tempers are always going to flare no matter what. And on Friday night, when $100,000 was on the line, Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs, of all people, you would never think would be the two fighters, but you chose your two fighters and Ty Gibbs landed a couple punches on Sam Mayer and it hit mainstream media. And I tell you what, though. All the all while that's happening, I remember saying to myself just a few laps before everything went down, man, you know, this would be the rate, the type of race that Brandon Jones ends up winning. Right. Sure enough, he was the right place, right time. He won the race. But I tell you what, that's not the story that everyone remembers. And Renee, I am sure you saw the fight. What you think about it? (laughs) Here's the thing. I couldn't understand why Mayor took his helmet off first because like we were talking, you know, before we started the podcast and I was telling you, like, why do you want to be the first one to take off your helmet? Because you leave yourself subject to 
to what happened. And, you know, I, I, I'm thinking, well, if he's not going to take off his helmet, I'm not going to take off my helmet either. But I, I noticed that Ty had flipped up his visor, the glass visors, you know, where, where he was looking out of. And I, I thought that that was probably what Mayer should have done, but he took his helmet off and I was like, uh oh, this, this doesn't look good. And I, I just knew it was coming. And sure enough, Ty, Ty, Ty put some things on him. Man, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. So look, here goes my thing about the fights, right? Now, <laughs> I want to say this. I wish Ty had his helmet off as well. Cause I feel like, I don't know how I could, you know what? I'm probably not going to say it how I want to say it, but if you know me, you know exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. But either way, I just think he should have had his helmet off. Look, if you're going to fight, fight fair, dog. Like, listen, if you're going to scrap like that, Let's just have a fair one. You know what yeah. I mean? So, obviously, Ty having his helmet on, I mean, you can punch it, sure. You might break your hand like uh, Mars Stoudemire did against a fire extinguisher, but, you know, like, it's going to hurt or it's going to break your hand. <laughs> yeah, usually the helmet <laughs> so wins. So, you can't, you can't really do nothing. Right, the helmet's always going to win that <laughs> battle, man. So, so look, I wish that's how that had went down low-key. That's the only thing I got. That's the only takeaway I have from that fight itself. But, now, the aftermath. So, it was late ish on friday night when that happened probably around like 11 because that race took an eon to end i swear but um yeah it hit bleacher report and when it hit bleacher report that clip was probably one of the i'm sure it was one of their most viewed clips of the week because of what had happened but the but the funniest thing about it was obviously there was a lot of discourse between what happened at the oscars will smith and that whole lord but there was also obviously the reaction from some people i'm just gonna say some people for context and you should know what i mean by that people were people were mad right so people would have thought like will smith shot that man on stage right and the same thing was people were like oh man i can't believe it that's the most violent thing i've ever seen on tv and i'm like man that's not the worst i'm not gonna say what the worst is but i have seen a whole lot worse on television you know and especially coming from nascar you you know standards (laughs) right right but i think the thing about it was like people missed the joke because people were like well you know what the way people reacted, we're going to flip this and do the same thing for NASCAR. And then we obviously know as NASCAR fans that this is something that's commonplace, just like hockey. Right. They scrap it. They fight in hockey and they pull them away. You get a two minute minor or however long it is these days and it's done deal. But yeah, now nah, it was funny. The antics from that was absolute comedy. So Martinsville started off with a punch. No pun intended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, it was a it was a crazy Friday night, but I can't exactly say the same for Saturday. Unfortunately, yeah. Saturday was a whole lot different. Well, there definitely wasn't no punches being thrown on sun on Saturday. But I think you're right. It, it I, you know, I was I was listening to it and and cuz I didn't get to watch it again, but I was listening to it and the the funny thing is is I was listening to it on a rebroadcast this is how dumb I am sometimes I completely forgot because I was in Vegas that the race was on Saturday so I'm listening to the rebroadcast of it on Sunday on my way home Kenny and I told Kenny this you know before we started the podcast too <laughs> and it, and I don't think I realized it until after the 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 stage 2 was over and I said oh wait a minute I was like that's right this race was on Saturday <laughs> But I have to tell you, once again, I, you know, I, I, 
I've been listening to most of these races on the radio and the energy is just different. But as I went back and I looked at the highlights just from the guys in the booth, you could tell, okay, this wasn't as exciting as, as it, it, it made it sound to me, you know, on, on Sirius <laughs> XM radio. So once again, you know, that, that I, I get a different, I get a different take because I'm listening to it on the radio, Kenny. Yeah, no, I can completely understand that. Like, obviously, the energy from MRN um, and PRN week in and week out is going to always be different from the TV broadcast, always because they got to paint the picture a whole lot more different. But I spent the time actually watching the race in full. And for those that obviously watched it, know that that race was cut short 100 laps from its original distance. Mm -hmm. It was actually supposed to be 500 laps earlier this season. They decided to chop off an extra 100, which I was not mad about and obviously that has sparked the conversation about well should this race be longer should, should these races be shorter and you know there is a 50 50 argument between people because there is the traditionalist fan who is you can almost classify me as that and then there's a the new fan that's like okay well i'm trying to get into this and you're trying to get other people into it so shorter attention span shorten the races obviously our xfinity series races and the cups i mean excuse me and the truck series races yeah are a ton shorter than the Cup Series race on average. So, so yeah, there was that argument, right? And obviously the race to most people wasn't really a barn burner, so to speak. Like it wasn't the best thing they've ever, ever seen in their life. Like it just was not what it what people expected, which I can, which I can understand, right? I, I hear from each perspective, but the thing about it is like at the end of the day, I think through eight races this season, you've had seven that were really, really entertaining. Like, I mean, from beginning to end, like, and, and I think that's just, that's fine. Like you were bound to have a race in between now and then in the next, what, 20 plus races or 25 plus races yeah. to go in the season that you were going to get one that was just like, ah, you know, I could have, yeah, I could have skipped out on that. Or I didn't have to watch it. Yeah, that's, that's fine, right? Like everyone can't be, every single race cannot be a game seven. Therefore, the game seven moment would never be special in any circumstance if that was the case. But yeah, you know, that was like kind of my thought on the race itself was just that, like it just wasn't the best thing I've ever seen. And a lot of things contributed to that. Yeah including the fact that it was cold it was freezing out yeah, there from what i, I know, understand i saw that um when i when I, I didn't <laughs> like people were bundled I didn't up realize that because the, the 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 guys on the radio didn't really like they really didn't talk very much about the weather wise as far as like how cold it was but when i looked <laughs> when i look when i watched the highlights i was like damn it must be cold out there man it was it was cloudy with a chance of brick out there it sleeted maybe like two hours before the race even started so if that should be any indication of how cold ridgeway virginia where the track is located it is relatively almost in the mountainous region of virginia yeah. that little region right there it can get pretty cold lots of deep valleys and and re and mountains and all that good stuff in in that section of uh, virginia but also on top of that the tire did not really lay down as much rubber as many people expected right. if you looked at the in past races that line would be would force drivers to move up and down throughout the entire race but unfortunately it just didn't really pan out that way which is really weird but i think i think it was just a miss and hey sometimes you get a miss but yeah. That's that's just part yeah, of the year. No, you know, I, it's going to be like that. I totally agree. I totally agree. Kenny, why don't you do us a favor and run down that top 10 for us? Yeah, absolutely. And so 
Speaking of <laughs> how dominant this race ended up being, you might as well go ahead and look at William Byron, who won two races this weekend. He won the Thursday night truck race at Martinsville and the Spire entry. And on Saturday evening, he won it with Hendricks. So that was his second win of the season. He becomes the first yep. driver to be a repeat winner this season. So the streak does not continue with brand new winners. Maybe next week or this next weekend at Bristol Dirt. Maybe that'll happen again, but who knows? Second was Joey Logano, who was also last year's winner at Bristol Dirt. Third place was Austin Dillon. And I got to say this really quick. It was very shades of 1996 when you had William Byron and Austin Dillon battling up for it. And the reason why I say that is because you're seeing the three and the 24 racing each other. Man, that's like a nostalgia yeah. trip on its own. <laughs> but in fourth was Ryan Blaney. He had a really strong car all day. A very quiet fourth place finish. I honestly wouldn't have remembered until I wrote it down. But Ross Chastain, another solid finish yeah. from him in track house. Comes home in fifth. Kurt Busch, great top 10 for 23XI. Seventh, his brother, Kyle Busch. Yeah, the Busch brothers right <laughs> um, there in eighth, Right. Eighth, Eric Almirola. Ninth, Chase Briscoe. And to round out the top 10, William Byron's teammate, Chase Elliott. So there goes your top 10 for the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400, as it was dubbed. That was a long name. But, yeah, Saturday night racing under the lights. Yeah. So, yeah, you Renee, know, it's I, – I tell you what. Go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, go ahead. You know, I was going to say, you know, uh, w- William Byron, you know, winning just seemed like that was supposed to happen, especially, like, you know, having his mom there and and, and dealing with the, uh, the issues that his mom had. You know, and you, you could tell he was it was kind of getting a little emotional there, but he held it together. But but, you know, it was it was great seeing him win that race. And especially because, you know, he had his mom there and and the, and the things that she had been dealing with health wise and medically speaking. I thought that was really, really dope for him to come out on top. The thing about that that I was laughing about, though, was Joey Logano. You know, during this interview, it's so funny because uh, it's not just Joey. It's it's anybody who comes in second. It doesn't matter what track it is. But he said it right on the head. He goes, you know what, man? You know, being second just sucks. (laughs) And I started... Yeah, I I can't imagine. Kenny, like, I mean... It, it it I hate to use this line from from the movie, but if Talladega Nights, but it's true when it comes to NASCAR. <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm saying? Man, yeah, I'm sure Joey. I'm sure Joey wasn't too happy, but he also commented about the tire. He's one of the drivers that was pretty vocal about it as well. Like there should be a different tire coming in late October because again, like I stated before, rubber was just not laying down. Like that tire would not lay down rubber like you would have thought it was, especially it was very easy to point out us given the fact that that track was pretty, pretty much green because it had rained earlier that evening as well. And so, yeah, I think that's going to be something to factor in, especially for what is the race that's going to lead up to our championship in November. So yeah, I, I feel Joey. I'm sure he, I thought he was going to Honestly, I thought he was going to put a move on William Byron at the end. Like, I actually thought he was going going to spin him out, maybe, or at least give him the bump and you, run, you know but he couldn't I, get I thought, to him. I thought the bump and run as well, but you know what? It's just the thing about Martinsville, and 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 Joey Joey alluded it to. Well, actually, he said it. He's like, you know, once he got behind him, there was there was no way of of, of going around him, and 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 then going back to the comment about the cars in general, you know, he was like, I don't. I don't think anybody could could pass, you know, anybody, you know, the, the, and, you know, like we talked about, I think it was 
the last last week's episode, you know, these these drivers are still trying to fill this car out. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, obviously, we're only eight races in, but I think Denny made a very good point. There probably needs to be a tire test of some sort at Martinsville and Richmond as well to really compensate for what we've seen so far Mm -hmm. at the respective short tracks. I mean, at this point, the way strategy kind of has played out, it almost reminds you of how an intermediate runs each and every weekend. But at least in this case, um, as Austin Dillon even stated, he said, look, here at Martinsville that time around, the only way you really could pass somebody is you put the bumper to somebody. So, you know, that that is part of it. Yes, it has been historically, but also you were able to pass either on the inside, outside, mix it up throughout the entire day. Yeah. But it was a little bit different compared to what it has been in the past. And, you know, that's I think that's a fair point. I think if you want to have this correct, especially given the fact that you go back to Richmond and obviously you go back to Martinsville in the playoffs. I think that is something they probably should look into do so we can have a better product out there. And I'm sure that's what they're all looking for. And, you know, again, I think this is another point of time where listening to the drivers matters. Listening to the drivers is the reason why we have 600, 670 horsepower put out at every other track outside of Martinsville is one of them. But outside of the super speedways, that's why we have that. Because they took the feedback from the drivers, they went to Charlotte, they tested it, and they got a whole completely different product. So that's where we kind of stand. But again, like I said, once once more, it's okay that we had a bad race, but it's also great that our drivers are able to actually let us know, hey, yeah, this is what's wrong. We need to fix this here. We need to do this, that. And then you let them do what they have to do. And again, once again, boys have at it and they race and we'll see what happens later on this year. Definitely something noteworthy. But yeah, yeah William Byron, two wins early. So that's pretty good. Pretty good sign for the Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, camp. I know that that was pretty dope. And 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 one quick note about Dale, Dale, Dale Jr. I, I guess he he placed. Ele- was it 11 that he placed? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he did pretty good in his run on Friday. Like he did a, he did a pretty, did a pretty solid job. I think, I think that was a real cool thing. Like when you think about it, he is a a Hall of Fame driver, yeah. right? That is able to do a one off once a year and be competitive at that. Obviously, running his own equipment helps. He looked like he had a great time, and everyone on pit road after the race just. Like when you retire, everyone had a beer. Everyone was sitting there chilling. Like it, it looked like a great time. Like I need to catch one of these moments before they actually come to him at some point in time. But yeah, yeah this is like yeah. he had a fun time. He looked like he was having yeah. fun, and which you, was you, great. You know, speaking of uh, having that beer on uh, on the racetrack afterwards, you know, I I, I saw I saw the tweet that uh, Jeremy Clements had posted, and it, and it and it said drinking beer with the man that Dale Jr. And uh, Nora Gregson just after a hard fought race, and it and the picture just said it all right there, you know, just uh, just standing there, and and it, I mean, you could just tell like just everybody was just having a good time, and 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 the thing about Dale Junior. Man is like even though he's retired. The guy just, you know, is still a celebrity on, on the racetrack. I, I'm, I don't care what yeah. anybody says. Yeah, absolutely. And he, yeah, I'm sure he had a ball and it was a fun race on Friday. Of course, like among all the discourse, Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer, that all that was happening, Dale was just chilling, you know? So <laughs> yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was a hell of a, a hell of a race weekend at Martinsville. A lot of things to take away from, a lot of things that people want to know can be different. So yeah, I mean, you know what? 
I guess this is also a good question to ask before we get towards the end here. Yeah. But Renee, so obviously I know you've been watching NASCAR for for a while as well. But for your friends who may not watch it or anybody you know that may, maybe wants to be introduced to the sport, the argument on social media also came across was, do we need to shorten these races, like I said before, or do we need to keep them where they're at or maybe keep a few in certain spots? Because obviously you want to attract a younger audience. Yeah. And for example, like Formula One, a Formula One race is probably going to run you about an hour and a half, maybe two on a good day. A MotoGP race, which is also racing here in America this weekend, probably lasts about 45 minutes to an hour, right, roughly. Right. So what do you, what do you think about that? Well, you know, my, my, my whole line of thinking on that, on that is here's the thing. You, we all want NASCAR to move forward and we all want NASCAR to grow as a sport and, and collect new fans. The difference is, is that the newer fans are going to be younger fans probably. And these are the fans that we're going to have to carry the sport on. So like a lot of these older drivers, like the older veteran drivers, you know, such as Kyle Busch and, you know, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick and those guys, you know, their their fans are are you know uh, a a lot older than probably some of the younger driver fans you know what i mean so my point my point is is that younger fans i think because they're just younger have a shorter attention span and what i mean by that is that they 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 they've grown up in this era where there's too many options on tv there's too many options now unless they are at the track watching the race live then that's completely different because you you go there to post up get the rv out get your food get your drinks and 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 that is what you you go out there for and and you you you, before the race, during the race, and maybe even after the race, but I think as as a, a younger generation would come in and and wa- be watching it on TV, there's too many options, and the attention span isn't there anymore. So I think shorting shortening the races might might actually be might actually be a good thing if that if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I think it's funny. One driver you mentioned, Kevin Harvick, uh, my buddy Davey Siegel on Twitter at Davey Center. He actually interviewed Kevin Harvick on his podcast and he actually had a quote saying, I don't think any of us really want to race 500 miles. <laughs> they seem to me to be a thing of the past, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, that's, you know, that's funny. And I actually am kind of somewhat in Harvick's camp and understanding what he meant yeah. by that. To me, to me, I feel like I've been saying this for a long time to my friends and whoever else has been able to hear it. But I think like races like the Daytona 500, the Southern 500, let's see what else. Obviously, the championship race on its own, the Coke 600. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So you've got those marquee events, right? And they're uh, except for Phoenix. Phoenix isn't that bad. It's only 300 miles. But still, my point stands. I'll just say for the marquee events, obviously, Daytona. Southern 500, Coke 600, yeah. right? Those races being 500 miles plus, okay, cool, right? That I think those, you keep those, fine. I'm all on board right. with that. Now, if you want to shorten some of these other races, whereas you have 400-mile races twice a year at Kansas, for example, what if you do a 300K, right, or something of that nature, Correct. just to be a little bit on the shorter side? Now, obviously, some people can make the argument that, well, that's what Xfinity and trucks are for. I get that. I completely understand that. But I think also as we continue to 
watch the sport evolve. I think if you're really trying to gun for those folks that are younger than me, for sure, I'm just fortunate enough. My attention span is really long and I can sit there and watch a race all, all, all this time because I've been watching for 20 years plus. Right. Yeah. So it's a little bit different versus Joe, who has never watched a race. He might be like, damn, this thing is so long. So <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's like, hey, look, you know, I don't have this much time, which is fine, right? Some people just don't have the exact same amount of time as I do or some others do and dedicate it. Sure. I can see why that's fair. But yeah, it was just a, a very interesting topic. I did a whole lot more reading on it than I did actually talking about it. So yeah, it was it was a very eventful weekend for a lot of reasons. Like I said before, obviously, the distance became a thing of talk, uh, a talking point, obviously, because they chopped off a, a hundred laps on the race. And then obviously, the race itself, one of the lowest um, scoring races on Jeff Lux poll this uh, this time around, I think it only got 18 percent. Yes, a very small amount. <laughs> it was a, a very, very small amount. And the thing about it was I was really waiting for that poll to be skewed, depending on how the outcome was. Now, I had tweeted it right before even this even could have happened. I said, look, this race is either going to go two ways. It's going to have a caution at the end or it's going to have an unclimatic, anti-climatic finish. And it had both of them <laughs> right away, right? Yeah, it, it ha- did. It had the caution, but, you know, Joey didn't put the bumper to William. Like, you didn't have a crazy moment. Now, had that happened, that pole probably would have been shifted beyond measure. Like, that's Absolutely. all it takes sometimes. But, you know, it, the winner and what happens at the finish can skew a pole like no other. And I understand why Jeff Gluck at one point said he might not do these polls anymore. Like, I completely understand why yeah. now. But, yeah, so... I guess that pretty much sums up roughly everything Martinsville, but there is one thing that is going to be happening this upcoming weekend. A familiar face is going to be back in the booth for the Bristol Dirt Race, and that is none other than Daryl Waltrip Boogity Boogity. boogity, boogity let's boogity. go racing. Let's go racing, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be back in the booth. Um, so I'm sure that'll be I'm sure that'll be pretty yeah, fun. Man, I'm, uh, this upcoming I'm weekend looking, for that I'm race. I'm actually looking forward to that too, Kenny. Man, I kind of I kind of miss that old boogity 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 thing. And uh, you know, it's I wonder if he'll do it. <laughs> Oh, he has to. No, no, no doubt. I, I, I don't know. What's the over and under that he doesn't do it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yo, place your bets. You already heard it right here first um, on the All Turns No Breaks podcast. But with that being said, Renee, I guess it's time for us to make predictions for Bristol yes, Dirt. Yes, sir. All right. Are you asking me who I got? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> who you got? It's time for race predictions. All right. Well, let's see here. You know, you you mentioned this guy's name a little bit earlier and uh, he came in second this past weekend. And uh, I'm actually thinking about picking him to win this weekend as well. And I'm talking about none other than Joey Logano. But you know what? I'm thinking about leaving him as my alternative pick because I think Joey Logano could probably come in and and pull this one out this coming with, excuse me, this coming weekend. But my but my main pick, believe it or not, um, I'm actually going to go with Chase Elliott. I think Chase Elliott might actually pull this off this coming weekend. He is going to be my main pick, but Joey Logano is going to be my alternative pick and a very a very close alternative pick. I think I might add. Those are my picks, Kenny. I'm sticking with them. What say you, my brother? 
All right, second year Bristol Dirt. This time it's going to be on Easter Sunday, and it is going to be under the lights. So that is going to be really, really intriguing. I'm looking forward to this one. But I would say for my main pick, I am actually going to go with Christopher Bell, who is a dirt specialist. He is a born dirt driver from Oklahoma. He has been one of the better guys on dirt. Unfortunately, last year he got caught up very, very early. And his day ended and I was kind of upset because I thought that was going to be the man to man to pick. But, well, things happen sometimes. So I'm going to go with Christopher Bell as my main pick. And for my alternative pick, I am going to go with a repeat winner for Bristol Dirt. I'm also going to go with Joey Logano as well. He was very strong last year. I think he has a shot to do it again this year. So with that being said, those are my picks. And as well, in advance, for those that celebrate, happy Easter to you guys. And uh, yeah, Renee, you can close yeah, this out. Happy Easter to you people out there if you do that if you do that kind of thing. Other than that, I just wanted to tell everybody just have a good and safe weekend with your family and be safe, take care of one another, be kind to one another. I know the world is in just a regular a real kind of crazy turmoil right now, but we're going to make through it. Let's all stay positive. And if you like NASCAR just as much as we do and you know somebody who loves NASCAR just as much as we do as much as you do, please turn them on to all turns no breaks have them listen to our podcast i guarantee you they'll they'll like us and hit us up on our social media let us know who you think is going to win this weekend let us know who your alternative pick is across the board on social media at turns no breaks hit us up across the board at turns no breaks for kenny and myself thanks for tuning in to our podcast and we'll see you next week on another episode of all turns and no breaks Hey, y'all, stay hydrated, man. It's going to be a long weekend. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. 